0: Welcome, everyone, to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. Well, coming up momentarily, I will speak to champions of winter sports in Divisions 1, 2, and 3, an outstanding winter season where the championships were back to normal in all divisions, in all sports. And joining me now here on our NCAA Social Series, Sophia Laucle from the University of Utah. A junior, a Nordic skier, and a champion. Majors in economics, math, nutrition, we'll get to all that, but let's talk championship here. 15K freestyle event, She won by over 30 seconds. Pretty significant, Sophia. Uh, tied for second uh, in the 5K Classic event. Third straight team NCAA championship for the Utes and a three-time NCAA first-team All-American um i could go down of course we got the olympics uh in beijing uh racing to a 15th place finish in the women's 30k freestyle we'll talk about that momentarily and we're going to go back also to 2020 because you came from d3 middlebury to now d1 and olympia so there's a lot on the resume i just want to get that out um let's first talk about this most recent championship semi-normal we're back to normal certainly more so outside than inside outdoor sport what was it like
1: it was so so cool I mean it was especially cool to have it at home like and this wasn't the first year for me that I was I mean I was trying for an individual title but it was also like the team has this reputation and we were definitely trying to defend the title too Um, and so the whole environment was just so cool And like I said, to be at home, it just, like, made
0: it way more. um, It meant a lot more, I guess. So, you know, I I mentioned the Middlebury aspect. Um, You know, I actually, uh, you know, my skiing is very rudimentary, but uh, I grew up on the East Coast, lived out West for many years, skied all over the the amazing places in Utah. And it's quite different, as you know. You know better than anyone. Um, What was that adjustment like? Because skiing in the Northeast, a lot of ice, a lot more powder uh, in the Wasatch area. What's that transition been like for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, growing or like the ski world is so small in the U.S. that you end up traveling everywhere anyways. Um, And so it wasn't necessarily hard to adjust. But I'd say like going to school in Middlebury and training there. And it's just completely opposite in Salt Lake. and I definitely, I grew up in a place that was similar to Middlebury. And so I was- Where was that? I was in uh, Yarmouth, Maine. So small town, East Coast. Um, and so I was, guess I was just ready to come to someplace really different anyways. And so it didn't, it took time to adjust, but it was like, I was excited about it.
0: <laughs> now, skiing is also a sport where I think you could argue that divisions may not matter as much um that you can make up the time and you know that you could be an unbelievable d3 skier and better than plenty of d1 skiers so i mean how have you found that sport where the divisions because you you, you've run the gamut here Mm -hmm. uh that it doesn't matter as much when you get on the on the slopes
1: yeah i think that's definitely more relevant i would say with other sports like i got so much better when i came to middlebury out of high school Um, and like the coaching and like access like to skiing I would say is pretty like general across the board Um, but there's definitely like now that I have come to a D1 school like it is maybe not like what I find the most like impactful to me is like all the other resources and being able to work flexibly like there's maybe a little bit more um with professors and stuff because it's a d1 school there's like you have a little bit more leverage um whereas a d3 it was really like balancing the school and the skiing is a bit harder harder and because of that maybe it's harder to make the next step with your skiing
0: so tell me how you navigated you know the olympics and still being able to compete for a national championship when it was so soon after, and yet you're dealing with crazy protocols in Beijing, you know, jet lag. I mean, there's just a lot of factors here of in a short amount of period of time here in the winter.
1: Yeah, it was it was a hectic time to be back. Um, and I mean, the time change, change was insane. And like, I had a what couple- What was worse days.
0: by the way, going or coming back?
1: <laughs> um. I think yeah coming back I didn't sleep for like a week straight I think I remember now it was terrible um <laughs> but I like I had a couple of races like five days after I got back and those were not like they went fine results wise but I did not feel good um and I mean by the time NCAAs came around it was definitely like I had adjusted and it was totally fine and I think it was hectic but it was just there was such a build-up and so much excitement that
0: um it was, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. So talk to me about that stress in Beijing because so many athletes, and we talked to some here on our show going in, um, there was real stress because the testing was at another level and if you popped, you're done. Or depending on when your race was, you might have a chance to recover in time. And we saw that with the bobsled. Uh, but you know, you were cutting it really close. What was that stress level like?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. Like I had some interviews before it and they're asking about the races and how nervous I was about those. And I was like, no, I'm really distressed about getting COVID and having to deal with it there. Cause we're like walking around in the village. There's these just like metal boxes that you go to. They're just isolation cubes. Um, if you get it and there's no windows, it's a tiny little cube. And, um, it was just, the thought of having to do that was so scary and also missing the opportunity to actually get to race. Um, so it was once I, once we got there, like it wasn't as stressful cause it was, you could tell it was so, so safe there. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, um, there was, it was real. The stress was real, but it got better as the week, the weeks went on.
0: <laughs> All right. So you are, uh, an individual sport with a team aspect. You mentioned about that pressure also of, you know, Utah has been dominant in the team aspect. Um, how, how did you adjust to that, to, to knowing that you got to win your race, but at the same time, you were a piece of the larger team right. result?
1: I definitely found it I found it more motivating. Um, like, even when I was at Middlebury, I like, yes, I wanted to win at one point, but coming here, it was – it was definitely cooler, I'd say, to have more riding on that, like, and then it meant a lot more if I did win, Um, but at the same time, I knew that, like, we had such a strong team that it's going to be okay if I don't have my best day. Um, There's so many other fast people that were all working together towards this, and because of that depth, it was, yeah, it was motivating, but it was also, like, no one was putting too much pressure on each other, so it was nice.
0: All right, so balancing student aspect the student of the student athlete aspect middlebury small liberal arts school northern vermont utah big state school um how have you balanced um you know the academic side and it's not like you're uh coasting here with econ math and nutrition
1: yeah i mean that's one thing that drew me to utah too like that, there's just so much more flexibility i right now i'm totally online um and so i was able to easily travel this year um and like the academics aren't like I definitely struggled more balancing that because of the lack of flexibility and trying to work more with professors um and so but like I guess I would also say that I've noticed at both schools like I've appreciated it so much to have that school on the side um, and it otherwise I don't know if I would still be skiing because it's doing only one sport um takes a lot and so being able to have something else to balance that um has been really beneficial i mean it's super stressful
0: a lot of the time but it's it's really helpful for me at least you know i I think about your journey here of middlebury you know shutdown covid transfer olympics national champion division one level you know, when you think about that arc and, and you're a junior, so you have still another year, right. um, how do you look back at what you've gone through of navigating the last two plus years?
1: Yeah, it's a little interesting. Like I've thought about it. If COVID never happened, I would maybe still be at Middlebury right now. Um, but there's like, it's crazy to me, My like my skiing and my skiing career has taken such a jump in the past two years basically um I like I've skied for so long but it just it all of a sudden like took over my life and it's good like I I enjoy it so much um but there's yeah there's a lot like I guess I've figured out like sometimes when I have been fully attached to skiing I realize that I need to take a step back and that I need to have something outside of skiing to keep going. Um, and like I've with all this moving around, like I've been able to join so many different teams, and it it's made me realize what I need from a team and how I can be the how I can also play a part in the best um team possible. Um, what is so that yeah. by the
0: way? What is that? What do you need?
1: I would say like it's important to acknowledge that we're all competitive skiers. Um, and it's an individual sport within a team sport is it's difficult to balance that. But I've found that when a team can like use that to our advantage, like take everyone's competitiveness, acknowledge it, but use it to push each other, but also keep like support and respect for each other. Like that's super, super
0: key. All right. So two things here for you. One, what is, I mentioned you are a junior, but, You're an Olympian, so I mean, like, what's your plan here? Because I'm sure you have options.
1: Yeah, I think like I probably could commit to just going on World Cup and racing over there for the future, but I like noticed this year, I did do quite a few World Cups um, and I was just, I was wanting to come home and do college races too. Um, Like I, it is really, really cool to be over there but it's really exhausting too um and so it's I fall on you <laughs> yeah and so next year I definitely want to try to do a combination again um where I do do some races over in Europe just because it's such it's such a good experience it's definitely making me a better skier um, but the circuit the college circuit is so much fun that I definitely am going to want to try to make
0: it work back here too all right your advice what would it be for someone that wants to be you oh man i think i think
1: like like i've mentioned before being able to find something that you can go to if skiing isn't like going great all the time because it's not going to go and like acknowledge that it's not always going to be great like you're going to have bad days um but not really letting that persist that feeling um i think it's really important to learn, like, if you're on a team, to use them, like, use your teammates. You can learn so much from them, and I've that's one, one thing that I've noticed the past year, at least, that I started, started to, like, watch and listen to my teammates, and it's been, like, such an important
0: role. Congratulations, Sophia. Appreciate Thank it, you. and uh, I know more great things are coming from you. Thank you so much. And now joining me, Jan Delkaskamp from Queens University in Charlotte. He was the elite 90 winner at the division two championship in swimming. And yet again, Queens has dominated in men's and women's seventh straight year. Uh, they've won the championship. Uh, so there's something in the water down in Charlotte. What is it,
2: Jan? Oh, well, that's an amazing question. What we always say is uh, to compete at Queens is an honor and uh, to win at Queens is a tradition meaning what we say is we are not trying to defend our national championship each year. We are trying to attack it and get a new one. And we always are blessed with the new generations of freshmen and transfer joining each year who want to be part of the experience and um, who then set the incentive um, and joining us in our mission to always get four rings for each class. So look, um, you know, you were the
0: first male athlete in school history to win this award. Uh, Let's peel that back a little. What what does the elite 90 winning, what does that mean to you to win that?
2: It means that Queen's promise of saying, we have the yes and promise saying, yes, you can excel athletically and um, in the pool and academically in the classroom. And just being privileged with receiving this recognition um, it just shows me that Queens is truly committed to their promises they have made to the students, and that we provide um, platforms for student athletes to excel academically and athletically. Um, and at the same time, it's a huge thank you to all the support I have received, not only from my coaches but also from my professors and my fellow classmates, who have then enabled me in a team effort, um, yeah, to uh, thrive for academic ex- excellence. Yeah,
0: you're 4.0 in finance and business. Um,
2: what drew you from Germany to Queens? Um, well, for me, um, coming from Germany, the system is um, not allowing you that well at home um, to combine academics and athletics on a, a very high level. Um, you either choose to go with one or the other, uh, especially in the beginning. So my attention was uh, then drawn to studying abroad. And um, I had a friend of mine who was actually um, helping people uh, finding uh, their opportunities in the U.S. And he knew uh, head coach Jeff Duckdale and was like, hey, Queens is uh, like a rising program and they're looking for like um, ambition, ambitious uh, young people who want to contribute and play a bigger part uh, and become a leader for life. Would you be like willing and like happy to take on this opportunity and join and just like having the first connection um, with Coach Duckdale and back in the day, Coach uh, John Long, uh, who's now um, a coach at Indiana University, just made me feel home. And uh, the combination of having a small class size and a very family-oriented team uh, just very much gave me good gut feeling and um, made me come to Queens.
0: And how did you navigate the last couple of years of dealing with the COVID protocols being so far from home and in the pool, obviously you can't mask in the pool. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of dealing with that of even just as simple as a lot of times you had to mask on the deck, but not while you're swimming. And all the different protocols of, of still maintaining a championship level program.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And obviously you being at a championship level yourself. Uh, and, and I should mention that, you you know, you did, You do compete in the IM and and the breaststroke individually, as well as the team competition. Um, What was that like over the
2: last couple of years? Oh, you you name it. There was a lot of adversity that we faced, a lot of challenges uh, we needed to overcome. But um, knowing that the true foundation of our team culture are values of excellence, urgency, social responsibility, um, communication, and um, so on. Um, we always had a foundation to fall back on. So no matter what we had, we know ultimately that we are not going through this by ourselves, but as a team. And if you take upon a challenge, you feel very much well more supported. If you have 30 um, or even expanding on the women's team, 50 people having your back and knowing that you can count on those people in case you face an obstacle. And just this continuous um, um, reinvention of um, solution-oriented approaches to, hey, we want to win this championship, we face this, we face maybe going into isolation, maybe having the program shut down in last year, 2021, um, uncertain about how many meets are we going to get? Well, all these challenges are things we do not control. And keeping in mind that we control what we can control and then make the best out of it, we just um, always found a good way, a smart way, Um, to not only overcome but to excel and differentiate us from our um, competitors in and outside of the pool Um,
0: how would you compare the championships that you saw at the beginning of your career uh, which didn't happen uh, if I'm not mistaken because of 2020 I'm a senior Uh, excuse excuse me, me a senior so you had you had it once then there wasn't championships then you had the COVID championships and then
2: now semi-normal, how how was that arc? Wow. Um, each championship is a memorable journey by itself. Um, Given the unique circumstances each and every time, you would consider saying 2019 was the most normal championship, uh, quote unquote. Um, That's fair to say, but it was the first experience. So everything was new and you were like, oh, like, wow, this is like amazing. We're gonna do this again, you know? Because each time when you stand on the podium proudly, like um, holding up the trophy with your teammates, you know, at this moment, um, what you've been fighting for, and um, what you have been very grateful for, and that you want to um, do everything to repeat it again, Um, then going into um, the canceled championship in 2020, where we were about to um, getting our next ring we knew um, under the framework of hashtag unfinished business, uh, we knew that we are still on our mission and we are gonna fight to make make up for this uh, one that got taken from us by the uh, unique circumstances. And um, heading into 2021, um, we just knew when we come together as a team and we trust the process and control what we can control in those circumstances, that we are going to be in the position uh, to take this one home. And from latest last year on, uh, we have continued to build upon this, um, um, this um, notion of saying, we do, we, we do, because we can, we do what we do because we can, because we are privileged in a situation. If we look at what is very, very sadly going on in Ukraine, if we look at um, mental health, if we look at the COVID crisis, what is always uh, drawn our attention back is that we are privileged with being in the in the pool together that we are allowed to practice that we are mentally and physically capable of practicing that we don't need to sit in quarantine or isolation and all these things um just change your perspective and f- reframe and transform the spirit of what you do in the pool to a different level because when you're grateful for a practice opportunity you will have a completely different experience And rolling this momentum into a championship season, uh, you know uh, what you're there for. And uh, you definitely enjoy the moment and keep the momentum going from the first to the fourth day with your teammates.
0: So here, last thing, because you clearly have great balance in your life as a student athlete. um, What would be your advice to those that are coming now, this next wave? um, You know, certainly in hopefully a more post-COVID world, but... uh, What would be your advice to how you balance being an elite student athlete, um, both in the pool, in your case, and in the classroom?
2: Um, I think there would be three things I would tell um, every single um, student athlete always also wanting to face this and embrace this challenge. Uh, First, know your network. There are so many support resources, starting by your roommate, starting by your teammate, over time, become your family, start going to your coaches, professors, Um, Queen staff and faculty have done an outstanding job in allowing us um, to not only thrive in the pool, but making sure that we take care of business in the classroom, because ultimately, when you're excelling in the classroom, you will excel in the pool as well and vice versa. So just by uh, leveraging your network, you will have so many more opportunities. Second, say thank you. Um, This is why I would like to utilize the opportunity to thank uh, President Lugo, uh, our AD Sherry Swathout, and of course, head coach Jeff Duckdale, as well as um, uh, John Lau and Nick Erickson, um, our associated head coach, um, who have done an amazing job of no matter what challenge we forced, we knew we had that support. But you should always remember when someone is helping you in that incredible way to say thank you and to be grateful for these little things because they will make ultimately the difference. Um, the third thing about balance, um, take self-care. It is not about always, um, life is too short, especially the college experience is too short to solely be reduced to just focusing on exam scores and just focusing on um, calculating your swim performance uh, and calculating the percentage improvement. Um, it is more about, um, enjoy every moment of it and try to take time to rest. It is about finding a balance between work in the classroom, work in the pool and enjoying the moment, finding rest, spending quality time with your friends and family around you, because ultimately you will only be as good as you're rested and your uh, cup is at some point, if you keep pouring into those forms of excellence, it will be empty at some point. So know how to recharge and how to reset and then you're off to a great college experience because that's what ultimately is supposed to be. The college experience is never supposed to be reduced just solely to grades or to your uh, swim performances converted to FINA points or places in the It's the whole experience that makes it um, the unique opportunity we have that it is today.
0: Well, Jan, I'll tell you, you are a tremendous ambassador for not just Queens, uh, for your native Germany uh, and also yet another example, a great example of why we should embrace even more international students on American campuses. You enhance the student-athlete experience. Congratulations again, the Elite 90 winner at the Division II Championship.
2: Thanks for thank joining so, us, John. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure being here and um, representing Queens and Queen Swimming. Thank you so much.
0: And now joining me here on our NCAA social series, Alyssa Fadenhauer from Loris College, Division Three in Dubuque, Iowa. And again, a national championship program. Um, you had an outstanding meet. Going to run through some of your highlights, if that's okay, Alyssa. Set a school record of 55.52 national champion in the 4 by 400 relay. Broke school record. Um, Fifth fastest time in the NCAA Division III history. Third consecutive team national championship title. Indoor and outdoor championship. Uh, The men's team also won the Division III men's championship. Um, You have had quite the run here. Uh, So I just want to get, first of all, that experience of semi-normal. What was it like to compete for a national championship this winter?
3: Um, it was kind of nerve-wracking, like, in the beginning, we got there, and we walked into practice, and it was just like, being there two years ago, you know, walking in again, and actually being there, it was kind of like, wow, is this real, like, it's actually happening, we're actually here, and so that just kind of made it, like, let's take advantage of this experience, let's go out here and show them what we've been waiting to show them for two years. And so it was kind of just like, okay, we're coming here to do this, let's go get it done, kind of thing. And it just felt amazing, actually, everything coming together, even with like, some people not placing as high as they could have, or like, were set out to place. It was like, we pulled it off and it felt amazing.
0: Yeah. So tell me um, what were the last two years like, Uh, you know, trying to navigate being a track star uh, through COVID and championships being canceled or being abbreviated or no fans or, you know, what were the last couple of years like?
3: They were kind of challenging, just not knowing if or when we were going to compete sometimes because of like all the COVID restrictions they'd, lift or like get worse in some areas having to compete in mass um it was kind of challenging just not ever knowing when it was going to be normal or if it was going to be normal again so like we had to just get used to how everything was COVID testing twice a week all those different things um in order to compete so we just kind of had to make it normal so we could get past those like challenges and barriers and stuff like that for everyone. And so it's kind of hard. I feel like we grew tighter as a team because um, we all had to be there for each other in different areas. Um, People were getting COVID. So I don't know, it kind of just made us um, work harder because we were getting it taken away from us, but we wanted to be ready when the time was given to us. So, you know,
0: so you mentioned masking. Um, I'm just curious, uh, cause I know, uh, every school was different. Every championship was different. Um, and yeah. indoor outdoor was different in terms of, you know, how you had to handle that or practice versus competition, uh, and, and things changed during the season. So what, what were the, what was the progression of when you had to mask and compete with a mask or even practice with one versus when you did not?
3: Um, so even at the beginning of indoor, we had to wear masks. We had to COVID test twice a week. It was still very like tight protocol. Um, on campus, we even had to wear masks in the classrooms and the hallways, everything, except for when we were practicing, we could kind of take them off if we felt comfortable. And then up till like. Even up till like, the end of the season, we would have to wear masks sometimes at the meets, not necessarily when we're competing or warming up. We didn't have to wear them, but other times we have to wear them, and sometimes they were strict, sometimes they weren't. But then at the national championships indoor, we didn't have to, like, test or wear our masks, and so it was like it just kind of went away slowly when everything was lifting up. And outdoor last year was like, you had to wear your mask. Well, you don't have to wear your mask some places, but you couldn't be over where the parents are. And indoor, it was all intervened. it didn't matter. So it was kind of like things changed so quickly and it was like a difference. It's all like season, we were testing and leading up to all these different things and nervous that some of us wouldn't get a go or like things wouldn't fall into place with like COVID testing and everything. It like didn't even matter when we got there.
0: So So that was interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, so like you're an elite sprinter um, and I know routine matters and rhythm is important to you, to all competitors at your level. How were you able to Mm -hmm. compartmentalize and to compete at an elite level while you're having to also be safe deal with the protocols when to you know when mask, not to uh and and stay in that routine that is so critical especially for high level sprinters
3: um it's hard sometimes but but like then i just gotta remind myself to be disciplined because like at work they don't require mass but it's like at school, they do. So I have to decide whether I should wear a mask for my safety because I'm in a sport. I need to be healthy and, like, all these different little things that could matter to my performance. Because I didn't want to get sick and then have to be out and ha- follow all these different protocols that we have to just to come back into practice. And so um, just little things like that. Well, and because to that point, Alyssa, uh,
0: I mean, you are part of a championship relay team. So not just in the health and safety protocols, but yeah. you know, I think sometimes people forget and track, there, are, there is the team aspect to that. It's not just individual. Yeah. So when you see yeah. that you're, you're, you're a champion individually and as a team, um, what did that overall experience mean to you to, to sort of balance the two of being a team champ as well as an individual champion? Yeah.
3: Uh it was over. I didn't even really know how to feel. It was just full of excitement. Um I was in awe because at the beginning of the year we said that we wanted to get the four by four done since outdoor we came up a little short. And so we've been working towards it all year. We've been seeing times, we've been dropping times and working through a bunch of different problems. And it's been a like a lot and we all believe in each other and trust that we can all go out and get the baton to each other in the best possible position and so just having them be able to make it to finals and then us getting to compete in the finals in the 4 by 4 we were like okay we have the points for the title now let's go get this race for us let's go win the 4 by 4 and so seeing the time in the first heat compared to what we can run, we just knew we had to go out there and chase time like we've been doing. And so we all trusted and believed in each other and got the baton to each other and we went out and finished it. And it was just amazing feeling looking up and seeing that we ran that time where we it was just, so it was just a moment.
0: Hey, a couple other quick things for you. First off, um, certainly I'm not going to diminish the division one level, but the division three level you are ultimately the true student athlete because you're not on scholarship you are balancing school and athletics um how have you done it
3: um it's hard sometimes just being able to study and go to practice and work but um Since I'm a social work major, there's like a different things we're required to do. And so I found this internship and I've been working there and it's kind of just a place where I can let go and just be free kind of. I'm working with kids and so like it's just a time to relax and not really stress out. So I feel like that helps me de-stress when I just need time to get away because I'm there working with kids. I have to have a positive attitude because I don't know what kind of situations they're coming from from school. So it just helps me like de stress from all the problems that either school is bringing me, practice, or like life. And so it's just like when I'm on the track, I focus what's on the track. I can't let outside things irritate me because, you know, it's routine, discipline, you know, you got to stay relaxed when you're running, you got to be ready when the gun goes off. So just different things like that, just having those little areas where you can like relax helps you get through like stuff like track practice and
0: lastly Alyssa um your advice for those that want to come after you younger women who want to be you they want to compete at the highest level whether it's d3 d2 d1 what's your advice
3: continue working hard um even on the days you don't feel like it you're going to You're gonna have to put in work, it might be hard sometimes, but just being disciplined, putting in the work, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, If your body's telling you it hurts, listen to it, but don't give up, keep pushing, um, do what your coach is asking for you in the workouts. Um, It's helped me get to a higher level, just being disciplined, doing my workouts, when I'm supposed to be working out, um, taking the time I need to rest and just working hard, putting in the work, it'll show and track.
0: Well, congratulations on a great season. I know there's more to come from you, Alyssa. Appreciate it, thank you. Thank you. And that'll wrap up this edition of our NCAA Social Series. As always, you go to ncaa.org slash social series, where they are all archived. Thanks for watching, everyone.